Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. We are housed in the Martin Gatton College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. My guest today is Dr. Alex Ellswick, Extension Specialist for Substance Use Prevention and Recovery. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Mindy. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you are here today because we are going to be the Mythbusters. We're going to talk about cannabis myths. And I am sure that this is probably something that many people who are my age and probably maybe even your age have grown up with lots and lots of myths that we have in our heads that just simply aren't true. I'm excited for it too, because as I was putting these together and putting the research together, I realized that there are certainly a lot of myths that I believed when I was younger. Okay. And some that I still believed as I got older before I really got into doing some of this work. So I think it'll be interesting for people listening to to test how many of these they've they've subscribed to at different points in time. So, so maybe you should ask me, is this true or false? And see oh, what I, I think. I like it. Okay. I like it. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. This is fun. That's a risk. Uh, I won't yes. shame you when you get it wrong. I promise. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first one, true or false, cannabis is the gateway drug. Okay. I think that this is false, but I always heard that it was true. Very good. You thought your way through that one. Yeah. So this is one of the most common, most commonly perpetuated myths about cannabis. We say that cannabis is the gateway drug. And usually when we say that, what we mean is that youth who experiment with cannabis are going to go on to use harder drugs. And certainly like 99% of people, let's use the example, let's say, uh, who are using heroin today, okay, used cannabis first in the past. But if you're using that as your definition for a gateway drug, then really nicotine and alcohol are far and away more likely to be the, the gateway drugs. Okay. So there's nothing special about cannabis that, that makes kids more likely to use other drugs. Certainly exposure to drugs in youth is bad for your brain and can lead to addictions later in life. But Yeah, really, really, alcohol and nicotine are the drugs that people tend to use first, which then lend themselves to more drug use later on. So if I'm going to use harder drugs, I'm probably going to start with soft things like nicotine and alcohol. And I might go on to use cannabis, but I might not. I might just go right on to those other harder things, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And there's a variety of reasons why using like alcohol or nicotine as a young person makes you more likely to get addicted. Some of them have to do with the brain and brain science. And Myth number two. Okay. Myth number two, you can get addicted to cannabis. I would think that this would be true, but I always heard it to be false. Yes. So interesting here. 
This is one that I certainly used to believe when I was younger. And anybody who's heard me share my personal experience, you know, I used a lot of cannabis when I was a teenager and in college. And I heard many times people say that you that you can't get addicted to cannabis, that it was different than. And the reality is that you can. And the reality is, in fact, we usually talk about addiction in the context of drugs, but addiction isn't a drug problem. Addiction is a brain problem. So uh, if you have a brain, you can become addicted. In fact, we have a a colleague at UK who does research on tanning bed addiction, which sounds wild at first. People assume that someone who overuses the tanning bed must be vain, must really like having dark skin and being attractive. And as it turns out, what's happening is people get dopamine from the UV rays of laying in the bed. So they don't realize it, but they're kind of just going and getting high as they lay in the tanning bed. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. You can get addicted to cannabis. We can, we have neuroimaging pictures of the brain where we can see your brain on cannabis for someone who is a a chronic cannabis user is not dissimilar from your brain on nicotine, heroin, alcohol, anything else. Definitely you, you can get addicted to cannabis. And really one other thing to say about that is what we really care about when it comes to addictions, we don't really measure in terms of how much you're using a drug. What we really care about is how much impairment it causes in a person's life. We care about social or occupational impairment problems in relationships and problems at work. And so certainly there are people who use cannabis to the extent that it causes problems in those domains. And we would call those addictions. And as you pointed out, there are lots of different addictions that might be even more detrimental to our health than an addiction to cannabis. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, in extension, we do a lot of work with disease prevention, diabetes, and other chronic diseases. And I think the relationship between overeating and addiction is is there's there's a lot more research to be done in that area. There's something going on there that's similar. So I think you're I think you're on to something. Okay. Next okay. true or false. True or false. Cannabis is harmless. Oh, let me think about this one. I think that that is false. Very good. You're correct. Saying that something is less harmful is certainly not the same thing as saying something is harmless. So it is true. Most of the reporting that people have heard about cannabis being less harmful than, say, alcohol, it does seem to be true across basically every measure you would use. But that's not the same thing as saying that it's that it's completely harmless. Cannabis is a psychoactive drug. It changes your consciousness, certainly puts you at risk when you're driving. If you get behind the wheel of a car, it can cause respiratory problems from, you know, just any any kind of combustion. If you light something on fire and you inhale it into your lungs, it's not typically... (laughs) recommended by your doctor, you know, cannabis is less harmful, but not only does it have some specific harms, but it's specifically harmful to certain groups of people. So in particular, cannabis is much more harmful for the young brain than it is for the developed brain. So when I'm doing prevention programming, my first wish for kids is always that they'll just not experiment with it at all. But since that's not always something that is going to come true, my second wish is that they just wait. They just wait really long time. And it's like, instead of experimenting when you're 16, if you would wait until you're 26, you drastically reduce the likelihood that you'll have a problem with whatever it is you're experimenting with, even if it's a harder drug. And it's just because your brain has had time to fully develop. And then one more group that's interesting is people who have a family history of or the genetic material for psychosis. 
Okay. So schizophrenia and related disorders that have psychotic features, cannabis can basically trigger the onset of psychosis. Okay. A myth related to that, sometimes people say cannabis causes psychosis, and that's not quite correct because if you don't have the genetic material for it, it can't cause psychosis, but it can trigger the onset if you do have the genes for it. So all that to say in simple terms, for people who have a family history of psychosis, cannabis is actually a a pretty risky and harmful drug. Sure. Okay. All right. Give me another one. True or false? People cannot overdose on cannabis. Oh, I would think that would be false too. Yeah. So people, I'm getting it <laughs> all the double negatives twisted around in my head, but yeah. <laughs> the, the reality is people cannot overdose on cannabis. Um there is a in theory, there's a there is a level of THC toxicity that we could reach, but the problem is you're not gonna achieve it by smoking it. And you'd have to eat a whole, whole, whole lot of edibles to actually reach that point. Um, We've had a few cases where young, and you've probably seen it sensationalized in the media at some point, where a young child has, you know, like taken an edible, consumed a THC and has died. And sometimes that's reported as a a cannabis overdose, but it's really not accurate reporting um, in in those cases, and this is disturbing to even think about, so I'm sorry for even saying this, but likely what's happening is kids are are choking, they're aspirating and and, and choking and dying. So we don't have, a, in the history of mankind, we don't have a single confirmed case of a person overdosing on cannabis and cannabis alone. Um, okay. Still not the same thing as saying that it's harmless, but right. that, that's a nice feature of that drug. And so when we start to look at the medical properties Um, That's why some states have started programs where they're taking people who are using opioids to control their chronic pain, and they're initiating them on cannabis. And what they're finding is that rates of overdose have gone down in those programs because then people are using cannabis, which they can't overdose on, to treat their pain instead of opioids, which they can overdose on. And in fact, which many people do overdose on. So it's it's, it's kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There are less harmful drugs to control pain. <laughs> That's right. And not and harm, harmless, yeah. but less harmful. Yeah. That's exactly right. There are still some potential side effects. It's still individualized, it still matters. Your own genetics, your own mental health, your own trauma history, all those things. It is controlled by a medical professional. That's probably another important point, right? It's a critically important point. If you remember from, if you took like psychology classes in high school or college and and you talked about schedules of reinforcement, so like intermittent reinforcement versus mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, right. so yeah, intermittent reinforcement is the most effective kind of reinforcement schedule. And that's actually what people are doing when they're addicted and like using out on the street. Um, or not under the supervision of a doctor because they're not taking a regularly um, dosed medication at regular time intervals, which that predictability helps reduce the risk associated with the side effects of any drug. Um, So yeah, so you're exactly right. Under a medical doctor, it can be uh, much more effective. Okay. All right. Next myth. Okay. Next myth. I got two more. This one is really relevant. This is something we've seen a lot of discussion about recently, or at least I have in my world in the news. True or false, there is fentanyl found in cannabis. I would say no. 
false. <laughs> You're correct. There have been some recent reports about, you know, there's been reporting about fentanyl and everything. There's a lot of sensationalizing right. around fentanyl. Um, I think we've even talked about this at some point. Um, just a, a lot of kind of really histrionic, exaggerated reporting around fentanyl, and it's extended to cannabis. And so the reports are that police departments have confiscated cannabis that's tested positive for fentanyl or that someone who claims they've only used cannabis has overdosed on fentanyl. And there's a lot of reasons why this isn't true. The first is that we don't have a confirmed case. We don't have a lab confirmed case. We have cases where people think that's what happened, but they don't have any evidence of it. And one of the biggest reasons why this really probably isn't true is because is like simple science is really basic science, which is <laughs> Fentanyl and cannabis burn at different temperatures. Okay. So if you were to really put fentanyl in the cannabis and then try to smoke it, by the time you lit whatever you're smoking, it would have already burned up all of the fentanyl. Okay. It, it burns at a lower temperature. So you wouldn't even be able to effectively smoke them the same way. Part of the reason why I think it's worth mentioning the myth is because fentanyl is plenty harmful and sure. it's... We don't need to. We don't need to sensationalize the reporting. We we can tell the truth about fentanyl and and let it be, you know, as bad as it actually is. Mm -hmm. um, okay, last one for cannabis. Okay. Also interesting because of all the legalization that's happening across the country. So true or false, cannabis is legal in Kentucky. No. Ah, good. Very good. <laughs> Although it's kind of like the answer. I mean, it's kind of a, a trick question because the answer is sort of like. Sort of. We still do not have any legislation that's been passed that legalizes cannabis for recreational or medical use. The Bashir administration passed by executive order a measure which allows for medical cannabis and for medical cannabis patients. There are some really tight restrictions. It's actually known as one of the most restricted cannabis laws in the country currently. But so we do, we do currently have that. And it's a strange space because all of the polling pretty consistently suggests that a majority of Kentuckians support full legalization of cannabis. There's not like been the political will to get that done. So in the meantime, that's what we have. We have um, medical cannabis and then we're looking to like enshrine it with legislation for that to be long-term. And then the, the question of recreational cannabis is up in the air. We've had some neighboring states legalize recreational cannabis, but Kentucky, and there have been a few proposals put forth in the Kentucky state legislature, but none that have ever carried. So that'll be a wait and see. Let's see what happens. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Alex, for this fascinating discussion. And I, I don't think that I completely bombed, but I didn't do really well either. So <laughs> I, think you, I think you got it. I appreciate the time that you have taken to share with me today. And I hope that you'll come back and share with us again. Absolutely. Thanks, Mindy. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts, and you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. 
visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.